RPS. Live from Premier Better Sound 2022. Proudly presented by Cupra. Welcome once again to Radio Primavera Sound. Um, it's a pleasure to have here Jordan. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. How are you? Good, I think. Yeah, <laughs> pretty you good. Two weeks in. Yeah, it does it does feel a bit like it. Yeah, <laughs> it's been been a busy day. It's been a been a good day. You've oh, been good. around Barcelona, right? I have. Yeah, I be, I got in yesterday, but I was here like two weeks ago as well, and I'm back again in another two and a half weeks, three weeks. You love it. I, mean, I do love it. Yeah, it's a good city to yeah. come back to. So, yeah, good. I agree. <laughs> could I explain? Like, uh, could I ask? No, explain. Um, briefly, you've changed your name since, since we we last spoke. Yeah. Um, on on. Uh, Spotify and stuff. It's I Jordan, but in 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 person, Jordan. That's right. Yep. I know you wrote a very eloquent um, Instagram post about it, um, but could I just briefly ask, like, what the thinking was? Yeah, of course. Um, so, for those listening that don't know who I am, I'm uh, a trans slash non-binary artist, and um, I constantly get misgendered um, because my birth name is India, um, and it just constantly just started to wear me down. Um, so I thought maybe I maybe I get rid of rid of India um, and maybe that'll um, and choose a more gender neutral name, something that is already my name, um, something that feels a bit more like me and where I'm at at the moment. Um, so I've been going as Jordan now for the last sort of eight months uh, with friends and introduce myself as Jordan when I'm playing shows and stuff. But um, my artist name just changed to to I Jordan. I think a week and a half, two weeks ago. Um, and I wanted to keep the I because I didn't just want to be Jordan because there's loads of Jordans out there. Um, and I, I quite like the I Jordan as in like I, me, Jordan. Um, and I also like the initials I, J. Um, so India still feels like a part of me. It's still, you know, what I was assigned at birth. It's what's carried me through my whole life. But um, I'm at the stage in my life where now where um, I've moved on from it, but I've not fully, I guess, letting go of India. So that's why the I is still in there. So um, one thing that really interests me, maybe this is a very boring thing to ask, but like when you're a successful artist, as you mm. are. Oh, thanks. <laughs> how much of a hassle is it changing your name? Like, do you have to like literally sign things, you know, mm. saying you've got a new name? And... Um, in terms of like the artist side of it, it's obviously a little bit less complicated than if I was to do it via deed poll, um, which could get really complicated. Um, but um, my manager and my label, my agents have all basically, we basically had a checklist Um of everything that we needed to do, briefing all the promoters, changing everything over on Spotify. Um, and my manager, Tom, has been amazing throughout this whole process, um, has been super on it, got everything changed over within a week. And um, it's it's actually been a lot smoother than both of us thought. We thought it was going to be a massive pain in the ass, to be honest. So the last time we spoke, I think, was in late 2019. Yeah. And we were still in deepest pandemic. Um, clubs have now been open for about a year. Yeah, yeah, it's come to a year now, isn't it? How's it been? Amazing. Yeah, I mean, I've like quit my full-time job, so now I'm full-time... At, at the University of East London, was uh, it? King's, very uh, close, right, right, very right, close. Right. Yeah, so now I'm just touring full-time, writing music full-time, doing all the music stuff. So it's been it's been amazing. Um, it's been obviously a learning curve. Um, I value sleep more now than I ever have <laughs> done in my life. <laughs> and I've learned how to nap on planes and trains and you know to try and squeeze the nap in every now and again so 
amazing yeah. skill to have. Oh no, uh, yeah, we're hand. getting there. <laughs> it comes in handy. Um, for those listening now, you're playing um, the Dice stage at 11. How are you feeling? Are you excited? Are you well rested to give it all today? Yeah, thankfully I am well rested. I actually <laughs> took a sedative last night to help me get some sleep <laughs> because I um, had some drama last night. So I was like very stressed and I was like, I need to make sure I'm rested and I haven't done anything today. But um, yeah, I actually changed the, the set time changed. So now I'm starting at 10.30. Oh, Prosper's okay. doing um, half an hour less. So I've got two hours now, which I'm nice. really excited about. Yeah. What when you when you went back to clubs post pandemic? Do you remember which song you started with? Um, so the first ever set I did post pandemic was with Finn back to back, and I think he started. So I don't remember that. But I started uh, Brainchild with a track that I made for Brainchild, which is a festival in um, in the south of England. Um, it's called Untitled Play at Brainchild. <laughs> I still haven't named it. So. <laughs> Is it going to come out or is it just for Brainchild? Uh, it might come out. Um, it's not coming out on anything this year, um, but we'll see what happens with it. I think it's a fun, nice track. Um, it's I purposely made it to have quite a big uh, build-up and an intro because it was being like a first a first like entry track, whatever. So we'll see. I'm actually trying to do um, in a couple of months like a old production mix, so you'll you'll probably hear it. Ah, nice. In there, yeah. And was it weird for you to go back to DJing? Because you're basically during the pandemic, your status rose a lot. Yeah. And um, I, I don't know how many people you were DJing to before, but after you know you'd basically become headline big DJ. Was that was that strange? Just like this kind of leap. It wasn't yeah. like a big you know it wasn't graduate stuff. I mean, do you think I'm headline big DJ? I don't know if I'm there yet. Am I there yet? Yeah, you are. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean the leap was the leap was big. I was like doing a UK tour just as pandemic hit. Um, so yeah, I mean the numbers like, the, I, I guess that the biggest thing that's been the biggest change in terms of numbers has just been the festival sizes because the clubs are the same capacity. So yeah, like playing field day last August or September or whenever it was, that was probably the biggest capacity I'd ever played to in this huge tent. God knows what capacity it was. But yeah, so and then I was resident at a Warehouse Project and every show I did there for four, four shows was in the depot, which is like 7,000 capacity or something ridiculous. So... Yeah, that was, a, that was, yeah, there's a lot of the, the first set that I did there was like, just don't look up at the crowd. <laughs> Interact with them, but like pretend that there's only, you know, a hundred of them there. They're just uh, extras. No, they're not real people. Yeah, just <laughs> moving blobs. <laughs> we're like, I, me and Mar, or particularly me, to be honest, we're, we're a bit obsessed with summer anthems. Mm -hmm. And I think for you, could have been a summer anthem last mm, year. Mm -hmm. Um if were it not for the pandemic because okay things were kind of open but but not really did you ever think about that did you ever think like if i like if if this pandemic had happened i might have had the summer anthem uh <laughs> so no i i don't really think about my music in that way it's better for other people to name it as that rather than me thinking that i don't i don't know if i get too much ego about my own stuff it's the game over <laughs> and, okay all right so who else's song is going to be this this summer anthem what's, what's your tip Oh. I told you I was obsessed with Summer Anthem. Uh, who's going to be the Summer Anthem? Eliza Rose has got a track out called Baddest... Um, what's it called? B-O-T-A. Um, stands for Baddest of Them All. It comes out next week. Right. And I've been obsessed with it. And I think it is a Summer Anthem. It's um, this really great like organ bass, really incredible vocals, like really feel-good synths. Um, I'm probably going to play it in my set tonight. It's right. just... I'm obsessed with it. Good. I j just for the title, I want to hear it now. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I will yeah, be yeah. at the set, so I get I will oh, get to hear you'll, it. You'll hear it, and I'll be singing along as well. <laughs> that is the <of> all. <laughs> 
and, and has getting back to DJ DJing affected the music you make? I mean, your music was always pretty upbeat, let, let's yeah. say. But has it has it has it changed what you what you do? Does it make you think like, oh, this is going to work in a, in a club, or is it mm-hmm. pretty much just the same? I think it's kind of the same because I always wrote music with the club in mind. So a lot of my tracks, like for example, DN4, Watch Out, and Only Said Enough, I wrote for upcoming club shows. Um, like I almost set myself like a bit of a homework said like you've you've got a DJ set playing New Year's Eve in Manchester like 2018 make a track for it so that's kind of the the sort of brief I give myself when I write music um and I suppose I mean that 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 obviously didn't happen in lockdown so I've got a a track coming out called first time back in the club Uh, which I wrote thinking about the club when I wasn't in it um and then and then I don't know something happened where I was like oh I yeah I kind of had a lull of production like towards the end of lockdown um, but then as soon as I had that uh, brainchild gig and I knew I wanted to prepare a track as an intro for it, it again just gave me that sort of impetus, I guess, to, to try and get back into it again. I mean, first Time Back at the Club is a really great title for, for a song roundabout now. Does it, have, does it have like vocals or anything? Does it have a sample? Does it say it? It has a big hardcore piano sample, <laughs> which I'm guessing if you're into hardcore music, you'll definitely recognise. Right. Um, but it's, yeah, very... Um, very feel good, um, big. You know when you're in a club and like someone's playing and you, they just play this like euphoric track that like it makes you feel like tingles and rushes and that that's the vibe I wanted to create with it and actually the vibe I get when I listen to it. Like I get that sensation when I make it. So um, yeah, that's the sort of I don't know approach I've taken with it. I don't think enough people make tunes just for that. You know? <laughs> really. <laughs> Um, I wanted to ask, like, you've said before that you wanted to use your platform to um, talk about things that matter and that matter to you. Mm-hmm. But um, maybe I'm a little bit dumb, but um, it, uh, to me it's a, a more difficult thing to do when you're a DJ. Like, if if you're a classic artist, as we understand, like a songwriting kind of um, artist, not a production DJing stuff, it's so much easier. You just sing whatever you want people to understand and they get the message. Mm-hmm. How do you do that as a DJ? Because I feel like the people do receive the message that you want to come across, but how do you manage to do so? Yeah, great question. <laughs> I think it's connected to the fact that like clubbing is a form of resistance in, uh, in queer spaces in particular. In minority spaces um, where... I don't know, where people don't get the same freedoms or people don't necessarily feel that they can be themselves in certain spaces, like the beauty of a, of a queer space, the beauty of a queer, a queer party. Um, someone just gave me a love heart sign. <laughs> That's very cute. Um, so yeah, you don't necessarily need to be portrayed in, in lyrics. Um, it's just the beauty of that space in itself is, uh, is a political act. Mm-hmm. Because that was what clubbing was for you, right? Like it was a place to sort of be yourself, right? Mm. Um, and that's referenced in the the EP cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The for you one. Yes, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I was telling Mara about it. Can you can you explain briefly, like the, the what the picture that's on the cover and, and yeah. what what the thinking is behind it? I've actually been on a bit of a journey with that track, uh, that track, uh, that EP title. Sorry. So, like the the premise behind the EP title is I'm in a cubicle toilet because uh, I grew up in a, a working class town in the north of England. Um, where homophobia, transphobia, racism, all sorts of bigotry were were rife. And so a lot of the time, the only places I felt more safe was like in toilet cubicles. And like, I wouldn't just kiss somebody on the dance floor um, because I just, I I didn't feel safe. So we just used to hook up in toilets. 
Uh, and I know that sounds kind of gross, um, but that's because what used to happen. Um, but actually, yes, I want to sort of do an ode to that because um, I wrote a track in there called Dear Nanking. Um, there's about um, sort of me saying to my younger self, like, you're going to go through like a lot of homophobia and a lot of bullying, and I did, um, but you're going to get through it, uh, and now everything's okay. Um, but uh, sort of going on to the journey that I've taken in that, like, that part of me is is important to me and, and definitely happened and I and I found a, a place in that but actually now as I'm more masculine presenting and as I'm more androgynous non-binary looking I get misgendered a lot in toilets and actually I don't feel safe in sort of female toilets and I don't really feel safe in male toilets because someone some there's going to be someone in those toilets that thinks I shouldn't belong in there um so yeah, a, a lot of the time now I'm trying to look for the like the single cubicle to get away from to get away from all the sort of like the glaring eyes, you know, the UK in particular, I don't know what Spain's like at the moment, but like transphobia is on the rise. Um, trans hate crime is just like f through the roof at the moment and the media and doesn't help. The government doesn't care about us. So every day it just feels like someone's looking at me and doesn't think I should belong here. <laughs> you grew up in Doncaster. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And you you left I think to go to university in in Hull. Have you been back much? Have you been to DJ there? No, I've been to, been to DJ in Hull. Me and Finn went back to the DJ society that we used to be a part of um, a month before the pandemic. I've not been back, and I haven't had a show in Doncaster. No, because I, I find one thing um, I really like about your music is the way it synthesises lots of different things. Like the, there is a bit of trance. There's sort of bassline. There's houses. Or, um, Okay, I've never been to I've never been to Doncaster, but like it's don't quite... don't go. Really? <laughs> no one go. Okay. <laughs> but what what what, what do the music do they listen to there? Is it is it kind of baseline? Yeah, I mean that's the one thing that I guess like working class towns and cities are um, amazing for is that uh, a lot of incredible music comes out of working class culture um, and baseline. Uh, you know, originated just down the road in Doncaster in uh, in Sheffield, uh, and I grew up listening to trance. I had like trance anthems like my mum bought for me off a car boot when I was 13. Um, so dance music is just very much a part of the culture there. Um, and it always has been, you know, all, apart, all across the country and I'm sure all parts of the world as well. All the best music comes from working class culture. <laughs> so you, you worked with Fred again on Admit It brackets you don't want to which, yeah. which is I, I love that that song title oh Look thank at, you I think I, I think I was one that said let's put you don't want to in brackets so <laughs> brackets are a brilliant thing <laughs> but um, I'm interested like because Fred again has done loads of like big productions and, and massive pop hits and work with kind of you know big big pop artists would you be tempted to go down that route I mean like, it came out on a major label I think admit it it was um, um yeah it's Fred's label would you ever be tempted to go down that road and like produce for other people or, and kind of really go for like a big, mm. you know, hit or... Yeah, absolutely. And not not just to go for the hits, but just because I w it would grow me as an artist. Mm -hmm. um, I really want to work with uh, with more artists, more vocalists and, and, and do some, some more production here and there um, just because it's a fun and new process, something that I've never done before. Uh, and, it, and yeah, I mean, I learned so much working with Fred. Um, He's an incredible artist and like obviously I was a bit intimidated at first because he does work and is a huge name. So yeah, but once I sort of let that go and just sort of focused on what I could learn and all the process, I would definitely, definitely do it again. What was it like kind of each of you kind of pressing buttons or was it was it like, you know, someone had an idea and another person had an idea? How did it go like working together? So we um, sent stems. So I sent him a load of stems and then he basically tried to make a track with all the stems that I sent him. And then I came around to his house 
Uh, we finally got some time together. And it, uh, we, d we used both, uh, we used different uh, production software. So it was mainly him on his logic. Um, and I was just, he was making me cups of tea. And <laughs> I was just like, maybe change the structure a little bit, you know, create that wob sound here. Uh, I've got a lot of sample packs. I reckon we should try and use some of these. I like, send them over and yeah, it became, and I mean, I think that's what he's, he's so good at as well. Like I think, um, cause he's worked with so many artists, he can translate me saying, make this sound wah into something on Logic and it sounds amazing. So And actually sounds wah. Yeah, actually, yeah. That's an amazing, <laughs> amazing skill. Um, I, I spoke to to Tom, your manager, about uh, Local Action, the label um, that he founded 12 years ago, celebrating mm. its 10th birthday for, you know, pandemic Yeah, reasons. two years don't count. Um, what's special for you about, about the label? Um, well, it was where I had uh, my first release, and it's a label where basically I'm really close friends with a lot of the the, the roster. Um, so I think what we all say about it is like it's a it's family. Um, it's a label family because you know during the pandemic we were all doing like pub quizzes together on Zoom, and we all went away together in a fancy house in Wales for a few days after, and we're just more of a, a community. And yeah, it's just. And also, I mean, what Tom has done for me as an artist and all the other artists on that label as well is I've gone through from my first ever release there and he's supported me throughout that process and sort of taught me so much as well and helps me out um, when I'm just struggling with things and production-wise. And, you know, sometimes good just to have that extra extra person. I guess he's been a bit of a mentor, if probably you say that. Um, and so you, you mentioned you've got new music coming out soon. Yes, Um uh, 11 days. Okay. That, that was good. Yeah. I, 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 I like that prison. I thought you were going to say uh, tonight. Oh, no, I was just looking at... In three, two... <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. I wish we could have done that now. I just have my, the date on my watch so I could, uh, ah. <laughs> I could see. But um, an album anytime soon? Is that, uh, is... An album will happen. Um, the, so I will be putting out an album within the next year or two. Uh, this year is going to be a series of singles. Uh, we're releasing them every couple of months. And that's to sort of, for a variety of reasons, like it sort of fits the DJ style that I'm, I'm working out at the minute. The Fred single sort of worked really well as a standalone single. Um, and it gives me a chance to be a bit more sort of focused on two individual tracks rather than the whole EP. Um, but yeah, I, I'm definitely working towards an album. I've got tracks on there I would love to put on an album. But obviously an album's a, a baby and I want to nurture it and, and give it time and I don't want to rush into doing it so I'm slowly building things up and I also want to sort of experiment with my technique and do new things um, which whilst I'm on the on the road is hard to do because uh, I'm still just headphone producer because I'm constantly touring at the moment so and when when it comes will it be wall-to-wall -wall bangers or are you gonna sort of make more down-tempo things what's the what's the idea or is um, it... yeah a bit of both I think um, at the moment so I go through phases like I think with the Watch Out EP, I was quite clearly in a hardcore phase. Right now, I'm going through a trance phase, trance and techno. So that's basically the majority of what I'm making. In six months' time, it might be, I don't know, like chilled chilled guitar stuff. Who knows? I, I, I Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. There's no limits to yeah. either then. <laughs> <laughs> but look, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much um, for coming down. Jordan. Well, thank you for having me. And so, uh, right, hang on. We need public service broadcasting. You're not on at... 11, you're at 10.30. 10.30, a bit earlier, half an hour earlier. Even but, more. Yeah, yeah, two hours of me instead of 90 minutes. <laughs> oh, what can we expect? What can we expect? Um, Eliza Rose. Um, yeah, the new uh, the new tunes for me, new productions that aren't out yet. Um, lots of trance, lots of euphoria, lots of techno. 
Nice. Lots of hard house. Oh, I could live with that. <laughs> Are you coming? <laughs> what? Are you coming? Are you going to be there? Okay, yeah. great. <laughs> um, and it's Dice Stage, which is way over there. Um, yeah. But I, I, be keep, I keep on saying this. It's not that long a walk. It really isn't. I mean, you know, you won't have to walk, but it's not that long Oh, a walk. I did walk earlier. Well, nope. there you go. People yeah. sometimes people sometimes complain about about walking. Oh uh, yeah, I mean I don't mind as long as I can get there in time. I mean, so go get some food now, and then I'm going to go and uh, get to the stage. We've got yeah. two and a half hours though. Well, we have two hours to get ready for your set. <laughs> we can't wait. Thank you for coming. Let's go eat and get ready to dance our asses off at your at the dice stage oh. specifically. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.